Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Wow. Isn't God good? I'm going to say it again. God is good. Man, I, I'm so happy to be here, and I want to say happy Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Don't you love Thanksgiving? Uh, before we get started, uh, there's a couple of things uh, I want to mention to you. One is Marge, which is not here today. Marge had a birthday. She is a very young 98. So, isn't that great? So, here, here's what I'd like you to do. If you have her address, or if you don't have her address, we can give it to you. Uh, just send her a card and let her know that, you, uh, that you're thinking of her. I think that would probably do more good for her than anything else. So, uh, man, 98. That means that Clara Lowe is 99. Yeah, she always lets me know that she's one year older. So, uh, so Clara and Don, if you're watching, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, also, uh, this week, now this is a little more sad, uh, our good friend Sarah is uh, moving to Zephyr Hills and this is going to be her last week with us. Um, well, I'm, we're loaning her out. So, so this is her home. I've already told her this is her home church. And, and if, they, if they, somebody, if a pastor calls me and wants to talk to me about putting her uh, membership in another church, I'm just going to say no. Uh, sorry, we have her. She's right here. So thank uh, so, uh you know, when you uh, are leaving today, make sure that you let Sarah know how much that she's loved and appreciated, okay? Great day today. Man, can you believe this year has brought a lot of different things? But one of the things that we haven't really talked about at all is that the pilgrims landed in the United, here in this country 400 years ago this year. There's been a lot of other things that, that have kind of uh, overwhelmed, but to be honest, that first year of the pilgrims landing, 2020 would be a cakewalk compared to that. Half of them didn't even make it through the first year, and most of them lived on the ship during that harsh winter. It was incredible. But in 1621... When they had learned from, from some of the native Indians here in the, in the U.S., when they learned how to plant corn, when they learned how to, to, to uh, tap into the trees to get the maple syrup, when they learned how to survive, they had what we consider the first Thanksgiving dinner in 1621. Now, I, I am going to give you a little history lesson based on the history that I was taught in school. That's back when everything was positive, uplifting, and encouraging. I've read some of the books today. I mean, it's like, I feel sorry for the teachers when the students get back. Because I'm, you know, my, my granddaughters are kind of doing a lot of homeschooling stuff too. And, and I looked at the new math Man, it has a lot, uh, it's really similar to Oscar Mayer. Uh, so, 
So I just taught them how to do the easy way, the old school way. Man, it just takes a couple minutes. All you have to do is just do a little memorization. You're good to go. So when they get back to school, they're going to have to teach their teachers how to, how to do that, I guess. It's going to be a lot of fun. But in 1621, they had the first feast. And, and from 1621 to, to 1863, Thanksgiving was just kind of bounced around. It, it was here. It was there. They celebrated each year, but it was on a different time. And it wasn't until President Lincoln in 1863, in the middle of the Civil War, in the middle of chaos, in the middle of turmoil, in the middle of our nation being divided, he declared that, that Thanksgiving would be a national holiday and brought us together to be thankful to God for all his provision. Then in 1941, President Roosevelt signed into law that it would be the fourth Thursday of every month. Now, little, little known fact that uh, Roosevelt actually wanted to push it ahead to the first part of Thanksgiving so he'd give us more uh, shopping time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but, uh, but he was voted out. So he signed it into law. So, so that's the reason why and uh, why we celebrate here on the 4th Thursday. And I think that everybody's ready for it. But do you realize that Thanksgiving was established for the giving of thanks to God? Think about that for a moment. Thanksgiving is not about football. It's not about turkey, although I have not one, not two, but three. Can you say smoker? So, so we have... There is Thanksgiving is more than football and food and, and everything else. We, we eat the food and we have this great feast because we are giving praise to God for all of his goodness throughout the year. Thanksgiving was, is, and has always been a religious holiday. Whether you are uh, serving God or not serving God, it is a time when every single person can stop, give pause, and say, thank you, God, for your provision. Isn't that amazing? Don't you love that? God loves his children, in particular, to be thankful to him. So let me ask you, what is thankfulness? We, is, is it Giving of thanks, is it, is it when you sit down at a meal and you give thanks? Well, that's part of it. But if you really look at the word in Scripture, it, it really, its definition is to stand and declare the praises of God through worship. Let me say that again. Thanksgiving is to stand and declare. The reason why it is standing is because the, the term helps us comprehend and understand that thanksgiving to God is not to be a private affair, but you're to stand and you're to proclaim with everything in you that God is good. You don't have it yet. I want you to say it one more time. 
Well, we are to stand and proclaim that God is good, that his provision is right, that his mercy is everlasting, that his praise needs to be heard. God is good. God is faithful. God is just. God is righteous. And God pours out his blessings on us. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Can we do that? Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You guys are, you ate your Wheaties this morning. I like that. To stand and declare the goodness of God through praise. In Paul's writing to the church in Thessalonica, he was speaking to them about about their difficulties that they were facing as Christians. And, and in his writing in 1 Thessalonians, he, he talks about how they met and how he came in and, and how the gospel was shared with them. And, and then he goes on to, to uh, let them know that Timothy had brought back a good report about how amazing they were doing in this thing called Christianity. Then after, after that, Paul goes on to, to talk to them about the Christian life and how to live this thing here on this earth. And then he talks about the Lord's return. So he goes through this whole gambit of of how you came to Christ, how you're to live for Christ, and the blessing of when Christ returns. And then he goes into his ending, his his, uh, final words, and he gives these one-liners. I love one-liners. It's kind of like when you're, when you're, Mom would leave or, or, or when, you're, when they're walking out and they say, make sure you do the dishes, make sure you clean the house, make sure you make your bed, make sure all of those one-liners that you're supposed to remember. And in the middle of this, in the middle of, of, this, of these one-liners, in the middle of, of all of these imperatives, we find this one in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And it simply says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you ever wanted to know what God's will for you is, it's simply this, give thanks in everything. In everything. In everything give thanks to God. Do you realize that unthankfulness is a characteristic of the ungodly? Why do you think the adversary likes to get us to where we're unthankful? That, that we look down on, you know, and we say, well, you know, I hate my job. Don't like my husband. Don't like my wife. My dog bit me. You know, and we go through all this laundry list of negativity in our life and we never stop to consider, well, praise the Lord, we have a job. And praise the Lord, we have a wife or a husband. And praise the Lord, we have a family. And praise the Lord that, that, that it may not be as good as I want it, but it's not as bad as it could be. So praise the Lord. And, and that's why the adversary wants you to get 
get you down. He wants you to think negative, and, and he wants you to look at the, at the glass half empty, or he rather wants you to look at the glass completely empty and poured out and broken and that there is no hope. And he wants to get you to a point where you blame God for everything wrong in your life. I don't know why I'm on this, and, and, but I am, and it, it's not in the notes, so this is free. The devil's job is to get you to blame God for everything that's wrong, everything that's gone awry, the erroneous con, uh, consequences in your life. He wants to get you to look down. He wants to get you to, to be negative. He wants to get you to a place of despair where your spirit is tied in knots and that you can't move and you can't and that you're bound by your circumstances. But I want to help you understand that God is good, that God is merciful, that God is full of grace. And if you'll look up, from your circumstances and say, God, I am thankful for what you have done. I am thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for what's around me. And you begin to praise him, something amazing will happen. Your eyes will go from here to there. And your world will change. There's something about it. Notice, notice that Paul tells the church in everything, in every circumstance. He doesn't say for every circumstance. There's a lot of things that I have gone through in life that I was not thankful for. A lot of them self-inflicted. There are a lot of times in life that you're walking through very difficult times and you don't want to walk through them and, it, and it's challenging and it's difficult. And, and he doesn't say, I, Lord, I thank you for these times, but he does say, I want you to be thankful in these times. It's an important point. Do you realize that we're encouraged by Scripture to call out to God to save us during negative harsh times. This, this is First Chronicles 16.35. And he said, and say, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather us together and deliver us from the heathen, and that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in thy praise. Think about that. Where, where the scripture says, save us, O God, from our, certain, from our circumstances so that we can offer thanksgiving, that we can worship you, that we can glorify your name. Man, there's, there are times in our lives where everything goes bad. If you, if you remember King David before he was king and, and, and he was fighting with God's enemy, and God intervenes. And when David was pushed back so he would not fight against God's people, and he found himself at a place called Ziklag, and, and while that's where all of him and his men's families and, and belongings were, and when they got there, the enemy had come and had taken them all. David was at the lowest of lows. The men that had so loyally followed him, were now looking to kill him. 
And David did not know what to do. But David decided this, I'm not going to look down, but I'm going to look up. And he asked the priest, he said, do you have a garment of praise? And and do you have that robe? And he said, yes, I have that ephod. And, And David put it on and David began to praise the Lord. David began to praise with a loud voice. David began to stand up and say, the circumstances are not good, but God, you are. And God, you are faithful. And God, you are righteous. And God, you will deliver. And God, you will set free. And when David began to give thanks to God, when David began to lift up his voice, God heard. And David said, God, should I go after and get back everything? And God said, yes, go get everything that you have lost. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but I I just feel it in my spirit that if you'll quit worrying about the negative side of life and you'll begin to start praising God and thanking him and worship him, you're going to reclaim everything that the adversary has stolen from you. Revelation 5.9 says this, that the song of the redeemed, who are the redeemed? If you've given your life to the Lord, if the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed you from, from your sin, if you've been pardoned, then you are part of that redeemed. And the song of the redeemed, when we're out of here and we're with him, when we're sitting around or standing around or kneeling around the throne of God and the very God that we serve is sitting on the throne and thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of us are there and we cast our crowns at his feet, the song of the redeemed is you are worthy. Man, you have a song to sing. You say, well, I can't sing. I'm praying that God gives us all really great voices because it's going to be an amazing song, the song of the redeemed. When you look back and you see how many times God has blessed, how many times God has strengthened, how many times God has delivered, how many times God has opened the door when there was no door, how many times that God has sustained us, that God has walked with us, that God has encouraged us, that God has blessed us, that God has fed us, that God has healed us. And when we are standing before him at that throne and all of a sudden all of those memories flood in our heart, we're going to be able to say, God, you are worthy. Not us, but you. God desires for his children to worship him, to to be thankful. But there are some things about thankfulness that I think we need to comprehend. And, And one of them is the what. There's a what and then there's a why. Scripture tells us, in 1 Chronicles 16, 34, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Think about that for a moment. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. What are we to do? We are to give thanks. It's active. That word is active. That simply means it's up to us. 
Whether you praise God or don't praise God is not depending upon God. It's not dependent upon your neighbor. It's not dependent upon your circumstances. The only person that it, it relies on that, is, that, that can determine whether or not you praise God is you. You and I have the, the right, we have the privilege, we have the power within us to give praise to God in all things. That is what we are to do. God asks us, give me praise. Why? Because he's worthy of praise. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And it boggles my mind that, that a God that is so great, that a God that is so powerful, that a God that, that spoke this world into existence, that the scripture says that he measured the oceans in the palm of his hand, that he calls the stars by name, that he holds the, the whole universe in in its own grip and by his own word alone. And this same God, this same God is concerned about our daily life. This same God intervenes in our daily life. This same God ha has pardoned us. And this same God has moved heaven and earth to get us to the place that we can be called the children of God. Wow. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of our praise. It's active. It comes from you. It comes from me. And you say, well, I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not thankful for what I'm walking through. And there's times that I'm not thankful for what I'm walking through. But I am thankful in that circumstance that he never leaves us or forsakes us. That he is always there. What what is us giving praise. Why? Because we understand God's character. Give thanks unto the Lord. Why? For he is good and his mercy endures forever. You'll never understand God's goodness and you'll never understand his mercy just by reading about it. You can study the Hebrew. You can study the Greek. You can parse every word until, until you can't parse anymore. And, and I will, you'll still not comprehend what his, that God is good and that God's mercy endures forever. It's something that you can't just analyze with the mind. You have to experience through life. It's through personal life experiences that's when we discover that God is good. It's when we didn't know where to turn and then God suddenly blesses. How many of us have been in a situation where, where we didn't know what to do and then God showed up? How many times has God kept us? Has God sustained us? Has God delivered us? Has God given us what we've needed when we've needed it? God is good. And his mercy endures forever. Do you know, 
Death will terrify you until you understand the why of thanksgiving. Why do you ask that? Or why do I say that? Because if you don't understand that God is good, that this is who he is, if you, have, if you don't understand it not through study, and I have nothing against study, but there are some things you cannot learn in books or on the computer. I don't care how much you uh, read Wikipedia. You can't get it. You can't understand it. It comes through relationship. See, and death will always terrify you until you get to the place that you have a relationship with Christ and you know that he is good and you know that his mercy is everlasting, that he will never leave you that he will never forsake you, that though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. There's something in an understanding why through this thing of relationship that when we begin to understand the very character of God, when we understand his character, when we understand his goodness, when we understand that he has a personal relationship with us, in that personal relationship, you know that you can count on him. And something happens, something triggers in your spirit, something transforms inside during that relationship with, with Christ in your life, that as you begin to look at death and you begin to consider what's beyond this life, that, that you have a friend like no other friend, and you have a friend that will never let you down, and you begin to lose fear and gain love. You start wanting to kind of see what's on the other side. And, it, and, it, and it's not that you want to die, although we're all going to die. Oh, I let that secret out. But there's something about walking with him in this thing called thanksgiving, standing and proclaiming the goodness of God because you know him, because you know that, that mercy is not just a word, but it's his very character, that love is not just an, a, a word, but it's who he really is. He doesn't just possess love. He is love. When we understand what we're to do, and then we understand why. This year's a lot brought a lot of different difficult times, hasn't it? I was uh, we were singing that song, "Blessed Be Your Name," and Annalena, I hope you don't mind me using you, but we were singing that song. You give and take away. And I know we lost our friend, but Emily, you lost your, your spouse, your husband, and we loved Carl. But I watched you sing, he gives and takes away. But my heart chooses to say, 
Lord, blessed be your name. And as you were singing that, I knew that you have a relationship with him. And it wasn't just words, but it was something deep within you that said, Lord, though you give and you take away, I'm going to choose to say, blessed be your name. And I'm going to stand and proclaim your goodness in, the, in all circumstances. This, this, this year has been challenging, and yet God is still the provider, and God is still the sustainer, and God is still the deliverer, and God is still the healer, and, and we have a lot to be thankful for. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back if they would, and, and uh, Pastor Sam's been telling me once I get the praise team up here and I get music behind me, I go another 10 minutes. <laughs> it may be 15 today. Reading in, in Luke chapter 17 this week, and it's the story of the 10 lepers. I think many of us are familiar with that story how Jesus was going through the coasts between uh, Galilee and, and Samaria. And as he was going through a certain village, the scripture tells us that, that 10 lepers were, were afar off. And when they saw Jesus, they began to, to cry to him. They began to call to him, have mercy on us. The scripture says when Jesus saw them, and that word saw is more than just see, it's perceived, he understood their circumstance. And he saw that all of them, every single one of them, were crying out. Every single one of them were in need. Every single one of them had something that they needed from the Lord. All needed help and all recognized that their need for God's mercy, for God's intervention. And they all lifted up their voice and they all received the same command. Go show yourself to the priest. Why, why would Christ say go show yourself to the priest? Because that was the law. That if somebody had been cleansed from a disease or, or from from what they had from the leprosy, that it was the, it was the priest that determined whether or not they were cleansed or not and whether or not they could go back to their family, go back to their livelihood, going, go back to associating with other people. And the scripture says that they all received and they all went. And on the way, they were healed. Notice that, that Jesus didn't say, all right, you're healed, now go show yourself. They went by faith. I don't know what, you're, what circumstance you're in, but I, I do know this, that God is faithful and God's merciful. And if you'll begin to walk out of that circumstance and praise him, if you begin to be thankful and say, Lord, I'm not... I don't understand why I'm in this circumstance, but I know what I'm supposed to do in this circumstance. And in this circumstance, I'm supposed to proclaim the goodness of God.
And if you'll begin to do that, that's when the healing takes place. That's when the transformation takes place. Israel had to leave Egypt before the Lord opened the Red Sea. And, and they had to walk around the walls of Jericho before they fell. And the priests had to put their foot over the Jordan River before it parted. And we had to cry out to God for forgiveness before he gave it. So here they all go and all 10 of them, all 10 of them are healed. And out of the 10, one, one came back. Before he saw the priest, before he saw his family, before he saw his loved ones, before he was able to rejoice with those around him, say, look what happened to me. Before anything, this one said, it's more important to give praise to God than to rejoice in what he's done for me. And the one went back. And the scripture says that he did a couple of things. One, he fell at Jesus' feet. And he worshiped. And he gave thanks. See, true thanksgiving requires us, requires us to fall at the feet of Christ and say, you are worthy. Would you stand with me today? I don't know where, where you are. I don't know what circumstance you may find yourself in. Whether you already took that journey and you begin to praise him and, and, and maybe the Lord has delivered. But I, I do know this, that when the one that was healed came back and the one that was healed fell at Jesus' feet, it was an act of worship. And it was a choice that he made. In everything, in everything, in everything, give thanks. Stand and proclaim the goodness of God through worship. Give thanks. Let the world know that in this, in this 2020, we're giving thanks to God. In 2020, we're going to praise God in every circumstance. It, not, it might not be the circumstance that we want. We're not praising God necessarily for the circumstance. I don't praise God for evil, but I do thank God in evil times that he is the one that delivers. So wherever you find yourself, can I just encourage you to give thanks to the Lord. Father, we are...